So it's time now for our Bible reading and let's find out what siblings we're talking about. So the, um, if you've got a device or a Bible and you want to follow it, it's in Luke uh, chapter 10, starting at verse 38 and going through to 42. So this is uh, the reading for today. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. We invite Raymond to come and talk to us about what this might mean for us now. We're going to start by seeing a video. So that'll be the first thing. To know me is to breathe with me. To breathe with me is to listen deeply. To listen deeply is to connect. It's a sound, the sound of deep calling to deep. the deep inner spring inside us. We call on it and it calls on us. We are river people. We cannot hurry the river. We need to move with the current and understand its ways. Wait for the rain to fill our rivers and water our thirsty earth.
watch our push foods and wait for them to open before we gather them. We wait for our young people as they grow. The time for rebirth is now. If our culture is alive and strong and respected, it will grow. It will not die and our spirit will not die. I believe that the spirit of Dadidi that we have to offer will blossom and grow. Not just within ourselves, but in our whole nation. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. What a great content from Auntie Miriam Rose. She's an Aboriginal artist. She's a writer, a mother, and a principal of a school, St. Francis Xavier School in Dal River. If you research her work, you'll find that Auntie Miriam Rose, in the longer interview, said this, when I experience Dadiri, I am made whole again. Auntie Dadiri is encouraging us to experience. There's power in experience. Do you know that? The power of experience can awaken the awareness and begin to stir the interior dynamics of your life. To stir between yourself, your individual, to the surrounding, to nature, and to God. She's encouraging us to understand what Dadiri is. That inner, deep, listening, quiet, and still awareness. Wow. It's not a passive one. It's not an isolated one. It's not in silos. But this deep, inner, still awareness. Beautiful. She also said this, I can sit by a riverbank and walk through the trees, even if someone close to me has passed away. I can find my peace in this silent awareness. There is no need of words, because a big part of Daidiri is listening. And through the years, we have listened to our stories. They are told and sung over and over as the seasons go by. She said, we still gather around the campfires and together we hear our sacred stories. And the way of Dadiri spreads over our whole life. It renews and brings us peace. It makes us feel whole again. So Auntie Miriam Rose is encouraging us to see the power
power of experience in stillness and in wake. Very powerful. In a community when things are hurried, Dadiri is saying, we do not try to hurry things. We let them to take their natural course. We wait for the right time. We, we don't mind waiting because we do things with care. And so, as an introduction, before we hear the biblical revelation of the story of Mary, Martha, and Jesus, we also want to wait on God this morning in deep listening, in a deep listening, still and aware. I love the few sentences in the beginning. To know me is to breathe with me. Some of you don't know me. Maybe some of you have never met Auntie Miriam Rose. But all of us here, I hope, is breathing with me. If you're not breathing with me, I'm a bit scared right now. Are you breathing with me? To know me, to know the person sitting next to you, to know the people in Bondi, to know the people across the state, to know the people in the whole nation, to know the people across the world is to breathe with me. Because the beginning of the story is that there is that spirit, that ruach, the spirit of God that breathes across us. To know me is to breathe with me. To breathe with me is to listen deeply. And to listen deeply is to connect. To connect. Connect with your own self. Connect with your brothers and sisters. Connect with the world, the community. Dadiri, the deep inner spring inside us. Let's unpack that a little bit this morning. Is that okay? I chose the story of Mary, Martha, and Jesus. A lot of you are churchgoers, so you all know this simple story. It's only a couple of verses in the Bible, and then it's in the Gospel of Luke. And by the way, I love Bible stories, as what Louise is saying. It actually helps me to evolve, because the Bible stories, when you read from the beginning to the end, helps you to realize, have this mirror for yourself, for you to go on to that process in the stages of your journey in life. And so my hope is that we're not lazy in our biblical readings, not just on Sunday, but also on the weekdays. I hope. I hope. That's my prayer for you. 
Because then we're able to go deeper, stronger in that waiting. So let's, let's go to the story of Mary and Martha. So Jesus has been invited to this chaotic dinner. Now, if you go to one of my Christmas, everyone is invited, all invited family lunch gathering, you will see this chaotic because my family is quite large and everyone seems to be all aunties and uncles even though they're not related to me. That's how we roll in the Indonesian culture. Everyone's brothers and sisters, even though they're not biologically connected to me. So everyone's invited. It's so chaos. From cleaning the house to the decoration to setting up the table to all sorts of things. The preparations are never-ending. You've got to think about the entertainment, how the guest walks in. The games, everything. And then the kitchen, the kitchen, the food, the food. Ah! We want to do Western food, barbecues, all sashimi, seafood that you can grab from the fish market at Piedmont. Yes? You're all laughing because I saw you there last Christmas. That's right. Right? You want to cook 20 dishes from all Southeast Asian food just to prove that you're a better cooker than those food stalls at Chinatown. Without realizing that we've created our own complex web. The complex web of emotion, of work, of intense actions, and also the dynamics within each other. Without realizing it, you've created in your own family lunch gathering. So then by the time we sit down together, we're supposed to enjoy one another and start laughing at each other. We're all exhausted and tired and fragile. So a simple word or simple sentence. Oops. We become angry, emotional, sensitive because we're just exhausted, tired. And not to mention, you know, family gatherings doesn't happen just on that day. You've got all these unresolved issues with your brothers and sisters in the past days that you bring to the table as well. Or it could be in that morning when you ask your relative to buy the meat, but it's not the right meat. didn't get me the right present. It's not expensive enough. Why did you go to Paddy's Market, not Gucci? We get all these sorts of things that's happening 
without realizing that we are creating a web of complex in life. So no wonder we're all exhausted, tired, angry, and emotional. No wonder we cannot see each other as how we see God in us, within us, in the image of God. Because we're all exhausted and tired. That's what happened to Martha. Now, don't get me wrong, Martha wants to be loving. She wants to be serving, she wants to be listening, she wants to practice dadiri. She wants to connect with the people that she loves. It's a family gathering. She even welcomed Jesus. The Bible says she is the one that opens to Jesus. Not Mary, Martha did. She wants to connect. She wants to practice that dadiri. But she's trapped. She's trapped in her own doing. She's trapped in her own emotion. And she begins to express that emotion. Woo. Why am I the only one in the kitchen? Why am I the, only, the, the one here again? Why does Mary get to sit where I'm stuck in here? Why doesn't she ever help with the cooking? Who does she think she is? Hello. This is exactly sound like my family, to be honest. Just don't tell my family. I hope the one that's live streaming is not my family right now. Here she's banging her pots and pans, cutleries and plates in the kitchen, trying to get an attention. Complaining, whinging, stressing out. A bit self-righteous as well. Projecting, I'm doing something important here. Jesus, look at me. And I want everybody to appreciate me. It's all about me. The world revolves around me. Hello? Why am I in the kitchen again? Why isn't somebody helping me? Jesus didn't go, Oh, I'm so sorry. Mary, what are you doing? Don't just sit there. Go. Jesus didn't do that. What was the reply? What was the reply? Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things. One thing is needful. That's one. One thing is needful. Just one. And Mary has chosen the good portion. Now, lots of scholars, theologians, Preachers, pastors, ministers have tried to define this one needful thing, one necessary thing that Jesus is talking about, this good portion that Mary has chosen. If you read many theological books or spiritual books about this passage, you'll find a lot of definitions, 
a lot of interpretation about this one needful thing that Jesus is talking about. But before I share my thoughts on what this one needful thing is, I want to firstly dig up the Greek word of service or serving or doing in the context of Martha. The Greek word in verse 40, when she's all complaining, why everyone's not helping me, why is everyone not serving me, the word serve or do is diakonia. That's the Greek word. Now, if you go to the theological dictionary, and this has gone too far for a Sunday morning, I get it to stay with me, it's fine. I'm not expecting everyone to be able to be fluent in Greek by the end of this sermon. The understanding or the meaning of diakonia means the discharge of a loving service. A discharge of a loving service. Is Martha discharging a loving service right now? I don't think so. I don't think so. Thomas Keating, in The Mystery of Christ, in his work, says this. The point of this story is not about which lifestyle is more perfect. It's not about Mary or Martha, but about the quality of the Christian life. What Jesus disapproves of in Martha's behavior is not her good works, but her motive in doing them. The quality of one service does not come from the activity itself. You can be busy, but from the purity of one's intention, the intention here, from the heart, not here. The single eye of the gospel is the eye of love, which is the desire to please God in all our actions, whatever this may be. Jesus' defense of Mary, who was sitting at his feet, is not an excuse for lazy folks to avoid chores. But neither is it a motive for those who are working hard to get annoyed, with those, to get annoyed if those engaged in a contemplative lifestyle do not come forth to help them. Beautiful summary by Thomas Keating. So what Keating is saying here is that Martha could practice Dadiri, could practice the presence of God, could enjoy the presence of God while she prepares in the kitchen, while she's doing her tasks. She could do what she is doing with what we sang today, this morning, with love. What she's doing is not the problem, you see. Rather, the problem is the attitude she brings to the task. Watch the attitude. It is not Martha's problem that she has chosen an active role. Mary has chosen a different role. Martha has chosen an active role. But you see, it's not that she has chosen the wrong role. She's not present to the role she has chosen. She's not performing her task with love. That's the punchline. 
She is not performing her tasks with love. So then evolves around me, look at me, appreciate me, everybody of me. And what sort of love are we talking about here? Is it a humanistic love? No. Jesus said this. In this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. I'm going to repeat what Jesus said. Jesus said, in this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that diakonia, that service, the discipleship, that you and I are here in the church if you have love one for another. Why is it important? Why is it? Why, why not kindness? Why not good, good? Why love? What's so, what's so significant about love? When I was at university, I was studying some parts of psychology, and I studied how the psychology of good people turning bad, or good people turning evil. And it all began from hatred, self-hatred and emotion inside. So when I look at the wisdom that the Christian tradition gives me, I begin to realize that the beginning of the fight against hatred, like the basic Christian answer to hatred, it's not the commandment to love. It's a trap. But what must necessarily come is before that, in order to make the commandment to be bearable. It's the prior commandment before love. That is to believe. To believe. So the root of Christian love is not for you to go around to have the will to love. Going sharing around that, showing people that you want to, to, to express the love. No, 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 no. The root of the Christian love is not the will to love, but the faith that one is loved by God. So you are a recipient of that love. And from there, you can then express the divine love. But if you are expressing your own love, it will never go anywhere. The faith that one is loved by God. That faith, that one, is loved by God, although unworthy. And so therefore, with God's love in you, we can handle any of the situation in ways that are appropriate, in alignment, in line with what God would have us to do as instruments of God's peace and love in this world. As instruments of peace, a peacemaker. So, the one needful thing. That's one is to be present, open to God in the present moment and loving towards those around us, no matter what we are doing, whether we are in the kitchen cooking, cleaning up, whether we're sitting at the foot of the master, in anything that we're doing, whether it's praying or active, we need to be present in the moment to the movement of the Holy Spirit and open to love. Amen. Therefore, your expressions, whether that's in the family, 
whether that's at church, whether that's at a workplace, whether everywhere in the train station, wherever you are, your actions will become an expression of that divine love and that spirit that takes over when we get out of the way. Are you getting me or is this too fast? Yes? So we're no longer a machine. We're not acting as if we're machines. But rather we're acting as human beings in the image of God with the birthright of freedom as we have sang this morning. If we can be aware of that one needful thing that Jesus is talking about in that story, then we can make an active choice in the moment ever faithful to God. We can breathe with everyone else. We can listen deeply and we can connect. Not for you to breathe so that you can be in isolation by yourself, no. And this is why the story of Martha, Mary and Jesus is in Luke chapter 10. It's right at the end of Luke chapter 10. But if you read at the beginning of chapter 10, it's talking about the mission. It's talking about the disciples, the 70 disciples that's returned from mission. It's talking about how we engage as a Christian, as a disciple in God's mission. And therefore, at the end of that particular chapter, we see Mary, Martha, and Jesus' story. So what does that mean? It means that the practice of Jaidiri, the practice of us listening deeply, is for me evangelism. We forgot that word, haven't we? We've lost that word. It's been tainted by all those American evangelists and TV. But we forget. For me, evangelism is not your will to share, or bring the Bible, or I've got a Greek and English Bible, go around and say, no, that's not evangelism. Evangelism is this, is the divine friendship that you bring and connect because you have this deep spring inside you that connects with the other. And that when you talk about hope and God, that brings light and life to the other and to yourself. That's evangelism. You want to grow this church? You want to grow your spiritual awakening and your innermost life? Practice that theory. Practice that expression of love that God has defined. Practice in that way so that you can connect. Not just for yourself, but for the other around you. The community, the church, the uniting church, church in the marketplace, and to this country and to the world. So Mary and Martha both love Jesus. The point of this story is not about, oh, Martha is wrong, Mary is right. So that, for me, is dualistic thinking. That's like a binary thinking. It's like false and true, right and wrong. It's never sufficient, that kind of thinking. You see, Mary and Martha are both 
needed and necessary for functioning. In fact, three, Martha, Mary, and Jesus is necessary for the functioning. Not just Martha, not just Mary, but Martha, Mary, and Jesus. And this beautiful three is the visible image that you can take home with you as your life. You see, we do need to get things done. That's Martha. She's sufficient. You ask her to do something, she'll get it to you. Because if we don't get things done, nothing will be done. Yes? We have to be in reality. We can't just... Nothing. We have to get things done. Martha does that. But we can't stop there. There's Mary. And that's your spirituality. We do need to listen deeply to God. The source. The inner source. The strength that comes with it. And we do need to know and recognize the Emmanuel God God within us, and that's Jesus. So the three imagery of Martha, Mary, and Jesus is that perfect imagery of your body, mind, and spirit. You do get things done. You listen deeply into God. You have the direction and the purpose and the meaning from God. At the same time, you recognize that beyond all things, out of your control, there is still God present. So no matter what happens to you, Martha, Mary, and Jesus are one big story that you can reflect on this morning. Why is this important? We've passed what? Well, we haven't passed really. It's still living with COVID pandemics. Last time I was here, we went through all sorts of things, didn't we? We get all the things, the troubles that we can get. But you and I are still breathing. What for? Let me express this. The aim of this is to have healing. Jesus talks about healing all the time in the gospel. Not just your physical healing, but the violent, what do you call that? The violent struggle in us. So instead of love, we get this struggle, this violence in us. And when we practice this, we're aiming at healing. You can be made whole again, Auntie Miriam Rose said.
you can be purified again because of that flawed motivation that you have. You don't need to carry anymore. You can let it go. That's all, actually. I think I talk too much, is it? If you let the Indonesian talk, they normally talk for two hours. But I hope that you get the message this morning. Mary, Martha, and Jesus. A perfect story. And I want to end with a prayer that I think in um, Louise's uh, kids' Um, talk this morning touches on the Ephesian. There's a prayer in the book of Ephesian in, in chapter 3, sorry, in chapter 4 or 3, one of those, um, in verses 4 to 11. Paul prayed this prayer for the Ephesian. It's a prayer for spiritual strength. And I want to pray that prayer with you. Is that Okay. Church in the marketplace. Are you still breathing with me? Please don't. Please don't stop breathing. And that freaks me out. Can we pray together? Let's pray. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strengthened to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge and so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God, the very nature of God. So now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.